0: Well, welcome to another broadcast here on the Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh. I want to get into a story here. We're going to talk about some some interesting things today here on the program, I think, with regard to values, with regard to what's happening in the culture as it pertains to um, the sanctity of life, the sanctity of value, the sanctity of tradition. There's a remarkable story out of Syria as the death toll continues to climb in the uh, Turkish-Syrian earthquake, uh, the, the worst in more than a 100 years. Um, it, it's just amazing to see how people who will look at uh, the world through the lens of scripture when there's a tragedy, and then they'll throw that lens away when things seem to be going well. And what I mean by that is the number of people who are now looking at these stories of rescued kids and you know lives that are being uh, turned upside down and and the idea that there are people who uh, have, um, you know, have, have the capability of doing better and you know, raising money and throwing in their support. I'm always fascinated with the number of people who all of a sudden revert back to, if you will, biblical principles and biblical values in times of tragedy. I mean, we talk a lot about God's natural law that's written on the hearts of men. And, and sometimes you see this, especially from progressive people, who have this value system and they'll say, well, you know, any good, decent, this, that, and the other person. And then you ask the question, okay, well, what is your basis for morality? And their response is, well, everybody knows. I mean, what's good and what's right. And it invariably reverts back to the desire to have a standard, to treat people fairly and want to do good and be noble and truth-telling and this, that, and the other thing. But then the wrestle, the wrestling match that's going on in your soul with the flesh versus the spirit and people who are worldly and do not I mean it's tough enough for christians living in this culture we could do weeks worth of programming on the bottom line show focusing on nothing more than clergy abuse uh you know the sexual mistreatment in the catholic church or the southern baptist church or the pastor There was one in florida i believe who wound up bilking an elderly couple out literally convinced them to sign their home over to the church, to the pastor, because she was a prophetess or something. I like. mean, it's just terrible. Unfortunately, we could fill up our airwaves every 90 minutes each and every day with nothing but those kinds of stories. They are out there. But I am intrigued with the number of people who are having such a difficult time with the fact that I believe that God's natural law is written on the hearts of every one of us. We're created in his image. And so we come pre-wired, if you will, with biblical values, but then the world interferes with our minds and shows us different images, and we hear certain things that other people have been corrupted by the system will say, and next thing you know, it's that uh, bad company corrupts good character. It's the, the, the principle of the rotting fruit. You know, you get a bunch of grapes together or something. I, I think grapes, this happens with them. At one of the grapes goes bad in the bunch, and it's leaned up against some of the other grapes, and so next thing you know, whatever that is, mildew or I don't know what causes it it to fall apart but all of that literally you could see the whole batch go bad you know that one bad apple what was the bosman's used to sing (laughs) spoils the whole barrel of the whole basket full of them and you can see how the culture has become corrupted by uh the, the the sinfulness of mankind and yet there's still that desire to want to do right you know, to want to help people in times of need. I wonder how many people reached out, for example, uh, for DeMar Hamlin. I mean, you saw what happened, it, the, the young man with the Buffalo Bills. He had a heart attack, collapsed on the field, in a game against the Cincinnati Bengals on January 2nd. And within a couple of days, millions of dollars had been raised. Not necessarily for his medical support. I think a lot of people thought, well, he plays in the NFL, and he's got money, and, you know, he doesn't need our help. But somebody went online and they dug up a project that he had been a part of when he was in college, went to the University of Pittsburgh, stayed close to home from where he grew up, and he found a neighborhood near where he was where the kids were less fortunate. And so he started, as a, an outreach project, he started a program to make sure that every kid in the neighborhood had something to open up, a toy of some sort to open up on Christmas Day. And so he started the toy drive a couple of years before. He goes, hey, you know, it's like a GoFundMe thing. Hey, guys, uh, you know, I'm, I'm trying to raise 2500 bucks so I can buy enough toys for all of the kids on the street. What do you say? Well, they raised the 2500 Yay, Yay, good, good for you. And it, he did this for a couple of years. Well, on January 2nd, people went online and they found that GoFundMe page and they were so moved with compassion to want to help this guy out that they started donating money to that campaign. Pretty soon, the $2,500 goal became a million dollars, then two million. Last I heard, over nine million dollars was raised for DeMar Hamlin's toy drive. Isn't that incredible? Why? I mean, first of all, it wasn't Christmas. Second of all, we don't even know if it was still active. The last reported activity had been two years prior. Maybe he was on to something else. But in their desire to do something good and do something right, Thousands of people on the social media world got on his platform and said, I want to help. Show me where I can help. I will help. And we as human beings do that. We want to help. We want to do whatever we can to help people in need. If it's something that motivates us emotionally. Now, as Christians, we're going off a different motivation. Our motivation is spiritual, of course. We are motivated by the prompting of the Holy Spirit. So anybody who says, hey, you know, I'm, I'm really worried about, uh, you know, what's happening here because uh, uh, this organization did this or that did that, and it seems like a lot of Christians and are, are being forced into what they would call works theology. And it's by works that you can then prove to God that somehow you're worthy. And I'll be honest with you, I mean, that has been one of the knocks against the Catholic Church for a number of years is the fact that the church puts so much stock in the fact that salvation comes by grace through faith in Jesus Christ through the church, and that people who are good Bible-believing Christians are honoring their commitment to do the work. And you know, I I get it. If James tells us that you're, you know, you say, I have faith, good, so do the demons, and they shudder in, in the presence of God. You know, anybody can say, I believe in God but faith without deeds is dead. In other words, you have faith and the gift of faith enables you to receive the gift of salvation that puts you in prime position to, you know, to serve others in the name of Jesus. Now, when you're serving others, the question is, why are you doing it? You know, Why do we come on the Bottom Line Show and ask you to make a contribution to pre-born, for example? Uh, that contribution to pre-born, a $28 donation provides one ultrasound session for a woman at a preborn clinic, you know, pregnancy tests, ultrasound, technician, all that stuff. Um, basically, 85% of the women who go to a pre-born clinic will see that ultrasound and decide to keep the child. I mean, either to keep the child to raise or to release the child for adoption. The child lives 85% of the time. Mom receives salvation on, on many occasions, 10,000 plus last year alone, with experiencing the witnessing of the Holy Spirit and the presence of Jesus through the witnessing of the ultrasound. And we have bottom line listeners who have donated, uh, they're donating $56 a month for two ultrasounds. And thank you for those recurring gifts. People are donating $2,800 to save 100 babies' lives. We've had several bottom line listeners step up and donate $15,000 for an ultrasound machine. One ultrasound machine will perform 250 ultrasounds a year for a minimum of 10 years. Sounds too good to be true, doesn't it? All those babies saved. I mean, by the way, 833-850 baby is the number to call for preborn. 833-850-2229 or go to kbrightradio.com or rogermarsh.com, click on the banner for preborn and make a tax deductible donation. Let I mean as we talk about the love of Christ for us, how about the love of Christ displayed through the sanctity of human life? Let's let's get an ultrasound machine this week. $15,000. 833-850-BABY. Talking about standards and morals and values, on the other side of this break, I want to get into something when it comes to what happens when the church... I mean, it's nice to see the world operating with biblical values, like in the Demar Hamlin case, for example. But what happens when the church starts using worldly values to try to determine whether or not something is of God or not? Let's take a look at one of those cases involving a Catholic high school Who has suspended a student for the remainder of the school year for stating his belief that God created two genders. Is it even possible that something like this would happen? The biblical definition of gender and human beings is now into question at a Catholic high school in Ontario, Canada? We're going to find out the details coming up next as the bottom line continues. make your best donation right now. $50, $100. Maybe you want to give $15,000. It's completely tax deductible. We've had a couple of bottom line listeners step up and do just that. 833-850-BABY. 833-850-BABY. That's 833-850-2229. Call Preborn right now. Welcome back to the Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh and glad that you have tuned in today. we Kind of, getting kind of wonky here on this analysis Balance, and clarity segment of the program. we got a couple of these coming up this week. But as we' were discussing how easy it seems for people in the world to slip into a biblical worldview when there's a crisis like the uh, the uh, uh, the earthquake in Turkey and Syria, uh, the Damar Hamlin medical challenge, people showed up you know with millions of dollars in donations and and how wonderful that is. What happens though when the church, kind of starts adopting the attitude of the world with regard to common ideologies. Josh Alexander is a student at St. Joseph's Catholic High School in Renfro, Ontario, Canada. He has been suspended. Back in November, he was suspended for the remainder of a semester for his outspoken stance on the fact that there are only two genders, male and female. Now it appears that the school district has doubled down and they have suspended him for the rest of the school year. Now, in an interview with the Epic Times, Alexander, who is in the 11th grade in Canada, I guess that still puts you as a junior in high school, as it were said the school told him that his attendance at the school would, quote, be detrimental to the physical and mental well-being of transgender students. Now, I understand that if there's something going on in the, on the school grounds and it becomes a distraction, it becomes a media circus. Hey, this kid's being suspended or charged with a crime or this, that, and the other thing. I can understand where the school would say, hey, you know what? There's so much press here and it's such a distraction for the, there's, say there's a thousand students at the school and everybody wants to put a camera on you. So if that's a distraction, I can totally understand the district sitting down with a boy and his parents and and their attorneys, I'm sure now, have gotten involved and saying, look, um, you know, there's this case against you right now and you're a student here and it's really become a media circus. We've got the big TV trucks out in front of the school all day long and paparazzi and, you know, web cameras and everything why don't we just put you on home study right now until this thing gets sorted out? I could totally understand them doing that, and I think that would be somewhat reasonable. The problem, though, in this case is that Josh Alexander's enemy here is the school. Basically, here's what Josh Alexander is guilty of doing. In November, he was punished because he organized a protest on campus he said there were a couple of girls who were friends of his in the 11th grade at saint joseph's catholic high school in ontario and they said hey you know what there are a couple of guys here on campus who identify as girls they're showing up to school wearing girls clothing but obviously they're still guys so in other words biologically they are male the girl said you know i know that you know you want to be inclusive and all that stuff, but quite frankly, I'm not comfortable using the restroom or the locker room knowing that one of these guys could be in there acting like a girl. It just makes me uncomfortable. So Josh Alexander organized a, uh, well, everything's a protest or a rally these days, but he did organize a rally and said, look, uh, here's the situation. We have to take it into consideration. Whose rights are being impeded upon? I know that you could very easily say, well, what about these transgender students? You know, these are guys who are uh, wrestling with gender dysphoria. They, They believe that they have been trapped in the wrong body or born in the wrong body. And as a result, they're trying to figure out their sexuality and they should have accommodations made for them. Now, here's something I have never understood about this argument. And again, if, if you if you have a transgender student or some, a student whose child is dealing with gender confusion in your home, uh, my heart goes out to you. I've talked to a couple of parents, not a lot, but a couple of parents and grandparents who've had this happen in their home, and they say it's heartbreaking because it really does draw a dividing line you know either people are just really quick to jump on and say yes we have to support this child and whatever you want to do is fine or no god said that if you're born male you're male born female you're female and we can't have any discussion about it so i trust me i i understand the pressure but one thing i don't understand is this this happened here in the people's republic of california several years ago california has all sorts of transgender quote-unquote protections for minors And yet California really does not know how many students are impacted by transgenderism. As a matter of fact, this is up until a couple years ago, there was only one school district in California. Of the 58 counties in the Golden State, of the 39 million people who live in California, of the 6.2 million students at that time who are in public school, there was exactly one school district that actually even bothered to ask, how many transgender students go to your schools? San Francisco Unified School District was the only district in California that even bothered to ask. All the other districts were speculating. But up until legislation was passed a couple of years ago, you know how the districts handled it? They handled it case by case and almost exclusively, almost unanimously. If a student were dealing with transgender issues and they wanted to participate in you know the guy who wanted to identify as a girl and wanted to go to the locker room to change the accommodations were almost invariably that child went into the teacher's lounge used the bathroom there unaccompanied and nobody knew and nobody cared but then the social justice warriors got involved and all of a sudden it was like oh well you know we have to make a big deal out of this i mean back when president 44 was in office and he he started withholding school lunch funds unless schools provided accommodation for transgender students. And bear in mind that the bulk of transgender students now, this is a long way from the Johns Hopkins studies back in the 1960s, where a person would say, I believe I'm transgender. And they would meet with a psychiatrist regularly for like five years before they would start the transition process. Now, you got a couple of girls hanging out. One of them says, I feel like a guy, cuts her hair, starts wearing guys' clothes. And then two of her friends say, yeah, we, we, we do too. Where are the hormones? And now the states are running in to make sure that they block all the parents. You can't get involved and we have to do gender affirming care. There's a new study coming out of Finland from a leading gender dysphoria researcher who says the vast majority of kids who experience that kind of gender dysphoria, using their words, outgrow it. But back here at St. Joseph's Catholic High School in Renfro, Ontario, Josh Alexander has now been suspended for the entire school year because him calling attention to the school district and saying, hey, school administration, I have a couple of girlfriends here. They don't want to go public. I'm not going to out them. But they've told me, you know what? I don't like, I feel uncomfortable being in the girls' bathroom with a couple of guys who wear dresses and skirts to school. The school's response was, well, you are now suspended, young man, for the rest of the year because your attendance at the school, quote, would be detrimental to the physical and mental well-being of the transgender students. So my question is, if there's a thousand students attending the school, let's say, and there are two students who are transgender, you're literally going to put the, the 998 other students in some kind of jeopardy because these two students feel ostracized? And two our knowledge here, no one or none of the transgender students has issued any sort of complaint. So now, it's incredible. The idea that the school has labeled Josh Alexander as offensive and a bully, it doesn't make any sense. Evidently, one of the transgender students is also an 11th grader, and that's why the school has labeled his uh, beliefs as offensive and even bullying. Here's what Josh Alexander said in response: "Offense is obviously defined by the offended. I have expressed my religious beliefs in class, and it spiraled out of control. Not everyone's going to to do that, or they're not going to like it. Doesn't make me a bully. Doesn't mean I'm harassing anyone. They've expressed their beliefs. I've expressed mine. Obviously, mine don't fit a na- uh, narrative." He said, for them, it's about identity. For me, it's about biology and morality. It's interesting. Um, So what happens to this guy? I mean... Josh Alexander told the Post Millennial in Ontario, they're using this as a technicality to say that they're not disciplining me. This is just a form of exclusion to protect other students. However, he's already enrolled at St. Joseph's Catholic High School, which reportedly bars him from enrolling at any other programs. He said, I can't do any other form of education right now because as long as I'm enrolled in this Catholic board, I'm not allowed to take an alternate route for education. So I'm enrolled, but I'm not allowed to attend school. And right now I have no form of education. So how do you think the uh, uh, Canadian officials are actually going to handle this? Let's take a look at that on the other side of this break as the bottom line continues.
1: This is an exciting time. We just finished our first movie. We had a great turnout from KBRT. And we want you to know that you're invited to the second one. Those of you who missed it, because we know there's quite a few who would like to have come. It's going to be on February the 25th. It's going to be at the Gem Theater. They're going to have free popcorn, free sodas, and free hot dogs. It's a fun location. It's a fun place to go and take you back in time. But really what it does is it's even more fun to get the information because the information that you get can really be vital to where you are now or where you're going to be in five years from now. And so when do you start thinking about retirement? Well, you better start thinking about it now. And and so this will get you ahead of the ball, get you ahead of the curve. We can't emphasize enough that it is really a, for lack of a better word, it's a non-denominational movie. It's just there to give you the facts and let you disseminate how and what you're going to do with your future.
0: Call 800-696-9970. That's 800-696-9970. Or fill out the contact form at kbrightradio.com slash Wilson Financial for simply better alternatives. Welcome back to The Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh. We are doing Analysis, Balance, and Clarity. On the case of Josh Alexander, he's an 11th grader at St. Joseph Catholic School in Renfro, Ontario, Canada. He has been suspended now through the end of the school year because he wanted to organize a rally in support of a couple of girls at his school who are what you would call, I guess, cisgender. They were born girls. They live as girls. They are girls. And they expressed interest. There's an 11th grader at St. Joseph's who's a boy who identifies as a girl uses the restroom for bathroom needs and uses the locker room for physical education, et cetera. And basically uh, he said, you know, they told him, we don't feel comfortable when that guy's in here. So he said, hey, can we have some kind of hearing in the school so that we can let these girls you know, l- have their feelings hurt as well? And the school's response was, you're offensive, you're bullying the transgender student and you're now suspended. Um, it's interesting this guy, because of the uh, Renfro County Catholic School District Board, is now in a bit of a quandary. Because he's enrolled in Catholic, we would just say, well, if you're suspended from this school, just go enroll in another school, you got no problems. But not in the People's Republic of Canada, where since he's enrolled in the Catholic County, uh, uh, excuse me, the Renfro County Catholic School District Board, he's enrolled at that school, which means he has forsaken all other schools. He's not allowed to enroll anywhere else. So he's got to sit out the rest of this academic year unless he gets some kind of legal relief. And so therefore now he is taking the school board, he's taking the school, anybody else he can to task and saying, look, I just want to go to school. It's interesting. He has appealed the suspension, but the appeal has been suspended itself because he previously asked for what they call parental independence, kind of like a uh, emancipation here in the states all the reason he said he did that was look i don't want my parents to get stuck in this legal battle i mean i'm 11th grade i can make my own decisions so now the court is saying oh well since you're no longer part of that deal then we we, we have to suspend you indefinitely because well we, we can't reinstate you from this parental independence that you've already asked for uh the principal of saint joseph's catholic high school Derek lennox and uh, the Director of Education for the Renfro County Catholic School District Board, Mark Searson, uh, have not commented on the situation yet. But this is the problem with gender confusion. I mean, it's one of many. The fact that in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, that he created mankind in his image. Male and female, he created them. That's it. Those are the only two options. But we're living in a world that is having a harder and harder time understanding that. This article's up at thebottomlineshow.com. Please pray for Josh Alexander. He just wants to go back to school. He was taken up for a couple of friends who said, I feel threatened by the presence of a boy in a dress in the bathroom, which is admirable and noble. He's not trying to, you know, cause attention or, or make a distraction. And I don't get the sense that he really hates the guy who's dealing with the transgender issues either. He's just saying, look, if you're going to take his rights into consideration, please take into consideration the rights of these two girls. Well, we've got this article up at TheBottomLineShow.com. More to come in just a moment as The Bottom Line continues. Well, a special guest joining me today here on The Bottom Line with a very memorable last name, especially if you work in the automotive world or you have a car. uh, Barry McGuire is with me today here on The Bottom Line, third-generation president of McGuire's Car Wax, the top-selling car wax in America and in countries all around the world. He's the host of the Car Crazy television show that ran for nearly two decades on Discovery Channel Networks. And now what many people are discovering is Barry Maguire is literally ignited in his faith in Christ. And he's got a brand new book that talks about his passion for ministry. It's called Ignite Your Life, Defeat Fear with Effortless Faith. We have a link for the book up at TheBottomLineShow.com. Barry Maguire, welcome to The Bottom Line Show. Hey. You. I, I,
2: I finally arrived. Okay. Yes, you did. <laughs> Thank you, <me> Dowlord. <laughs> well,
0: I know because of your Southern California connections, and we were talking before we started our conversation here on air about your love for Cape Wright, I mean, and how many oh, years you have. My yeah, talk talk, talk about that because I love to hear when people talk about how our stations have, with the different teaching programs and the different personalities, have had an oh, impact. My how has how Cape Wright impacted Barry McGuire's life?
2: Well, well, continually. I mean, solid, solid, solid food. It's obviously it's a strong signal in Southern California and uh, it's just been my go-to. I, I mean, I love, I love, I love life. I'm not, I'm not just, you know, a Jesus person where who get away from that guy. You know, all he wants to do is talk about <laughs> Jesus. No, I, I'm a car guy. I have cars. I love my business. I, I I love Southern California. I love good food. I love sports and politics, not so much anymore. But, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. but my food and my joy has come from the Lord, and I just have through my life spent most of my time in radio listening, listening where I could be fed. I'm look, I'm looking. I, I gravitate to people who know more about God than I know, and. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Christian radio, it's just so powerful. And the speakers that you've had on through the years of ministers, it just blessed me immensely. Mm-hmm. No question, cravewright has impacted my life hugely. Yeah. And that's, yeah. that is the absolute truth. I think that's great. Well, it's, it, selfishly, I'm glad to hear
0: that. But it, from the kingdom perspective, it's always good to know, yeah. especially when you yeah. talk about Barry's brand new book called Ignite Your Life. I mean, you have such a passion for ministry and we're living in some pretty strategic times right now, Barry, talk about why your book has been really popular. I'm not surprised. But when you look at it, I mean, it's a book about evangelism. Basically, you would imagine that in the in the secular Amazon.com ratings, that you wouldn't see a book like this selling as well <laughs> as it is. But people are hungering for this, aren't they?
2: Don't mention evangelism. Not supposed <laughs> to mention that word. Oh, pardon me. Pardon <laughs> me. <laughs> Nobody wants to evangelize. it. Nobody wants to be yeah. evangelized. I never use that term. I never mentioned once in my book. <laughs> well, how,
0: how well? How do you? But how do you describe it though? Because <laughs> I, that's that's what I took away. Well, from, but, but how do you? Describe first
2: it? off. Everything we've been told about the, the term evangelism is negative. I mean, it's like mm-hmm. you got to memorize all this stuff. You got to get the scripts down. You got to memorize your story. Be, be ready to be persecuted. I mean, who wants to do all that? Right, right. <laughs> Uh, I'm thankful for evangelism programs. I really am. I mean, they've worked and millions of people are in the kingdom because of them. But most people do not go and attend evangelism programs, and so they say it's a, it's a, it's an excuse. You know, I'm not trained, so I don't have to do it. Right. No, mm-hmm. it, it doesn't say go to the road. All you who are trained, <laughs> mm-hmm. or all you have a certain personality. There's no escaping this. It, it it is the Great Commission for all of us, for everyone you're listening to us right now. Why would God mandate that? I mean, why? Why on earth? Let me tell you: if you don't, you atrophy. You just sit there, and you get your world closes in, and your Bible reading is 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 obligatory. You you, you want? I got to read my Bible. I got to pray. Everything's hard. When you're sharing your faith, it ignites your life, folks. Mm. And when you do it where well, you don't share, you don't prepare. Mark thirteen eleven says, "Don't prepare." And Luke 12, 12 says, "The Holy Spirit will give you the words to say." So there. Think of the new Christian. The most fervent face sharers we ever see are new mm-hmm. Christians. And right. they, they're they not trained. And they don't know all the Bible scripture. Why are they so good at it? Well, first off, God's their first love. Mm-hmm. When you accept the Lord, you're so excited. God, you just saved me. I can't believe it. You saved me. I'm a wretch. You saved me. I'm on my way to heaven. Thank you. God's our first love. And and when, you, when God's your first love, the first work you do, the first thing you do is you tell people about him, right? right. We get, whatever we're excited about, we talk about. If I had a great hamburger last night, I'm going to tell you today about this great <laughs> hamburger. We just actually yeah. talk about what we're excited about. Folks, if you're not talking about God, the people, you're not excited about God. I am sure you're on your way to heaven, but you're not having fun. Mm. And, and and when you start talking about it, and then they ask questions you don't understand, don't know. Or, so guess what? Nobody has to tell you to get in the Word. <laughs> you have purpose. Now you're digging in the Word. And, you, and then you find the gem. There it is. You get all excited. You go back and tell... Bob, the next day, you know, I found the scripture for you, and they get all excited, their lives being changed, and Mm -hmm. and you're praying about the people you met today, and the people you're going to meet tomorrow, and everything's alive, it's flowing through you, you've actually... Are playing in the game. You've gotten off the bench instead of sitting there and complaining about everybody and worrying. You get off mm-hmm. the bench and into the game, and then you don't have time to complain because there's too many good things going on around you. And I can right, tell you, right. folks. I'm 80 years old. I've been doing it for 50 years, and it just gets better and better. And it was it was fantastic when I first started in the 70s. And it just gets better. And all the promises God makes to us when we live for His purpose are are amazing. And that's what ignites. It's your life. If you're tired of worrying, most Christians are worrying today. If you want to get away from worry and get into peace and joy, know God's directing your steps. All you have to do is do what He says to do. Amen. Just Amen. love on people. You don't recite scripts. You just love on people, and then let God take the conversation from there. It's it's amazing how that happens. You Boy. you know. I mean, we we both know that, but our most of our listeners don't, and it's, so it's a wonderful thing.
0: Well, I, I appreciate you saying that. Barry McGuire is with me today here on The Bottom Line. The book is called Ignite Your Life. We've got a link for it up at the thebottomlineshow.com. Defeat fear with effortless faith, and I, the idea yeah. that this is effortless. Well, the way you've just described it, Barry, I mean, the fact that we're, hey, we have a command going to all the world, we don't have to worry about what we're going to say because if we're meditating at God's word, we're in prayer. We've got that literally uh, hidden in our hearts. It does really take the worry out of the equation here too. And yet, uh, there are many people who are kind of sitting on the bench, or maybe they're at the are they at the starting line and they're just not moving, or or they don't know where the starting line is. Barry McGuire,
2: help us. They just been that. filled with excuses and fears that are that are non-existent. I, you know, I'm convinced Satan's number one tool against Christians is fear, Mm. because he not only paralyzes, think about it, he sterilizes us. We can't reproduce ourselves when we're living in fear. If we're living in fear, we're not in faith, so we can't share our faith. Mm -hmm. And he won't answer our prayers. Do you realize, yeah, of course you do, but our listeners may not realize in in James 1, he says, if you're worrying and praying at the same time, you're double-minded in all mm-hmm. your ways, mm-hmm. and to not expect to receive anything from him. So, folks, if your prayers are not being answered, guess what? It's not his fault. He's not obligated because right. you're not living for him. And what does that mean to live for him? Romans 8, 28, I think, is the most un- misunderstood scripture in the Bible, and maybe the second most important one. That's Yeah, that's the one that says all things work together for good. You could say, well, they don't. Well, actually, they do when you do two things, and that's the whole scripture. He's. I promise you, I'll make everything in your life work together for good when you do two things. Better know what those two things are. Number one is to love Him and and mm-hmm. really, I mean, love Him. Love Him with all your heart, like like a new Christian, all out. He's your right. first love. I love you, God. And if you do that, He says to those who love Me, to those who live for My purpose, because the two go together. You can't separate it. If you really love God, you'll live for His purpose. And nobody disagrees with that. There's there's absolute universal understanding that God's purpose is to seek and save the lost. Mm. So my business is my pulpit. I've taken a a tiny little business and made it a global business, but it's always been secondary because guess what? When I get to heaven, it's not going to matter how many bottles of car wax I sold, (laughs) it just won't matter. It's my pulpit, my business is my pulpit. And wherever you are, folks, it's your pulpit. And I don't care if you're surrounded by ugly, hard, angry, foul people. They need Jesus. Yes. And God loves them. And God wants you to use them to reach them. And when you do, if you see results or not, he you immediately step into this promise where God starts making everything in your life work together for good. And that can take you to a different job or a different place or, or just start giving you a favor and prove it right where you're at. But mm-hmm. You know this. God is going to make it good, and when bad comes into our lives, we no longer see it as bad, and we no longer ask for help. <laughs> when bad right? Goes into our life, and we've had a lot of bad in our life. I lost my forty-year-old daughter just recently. Mm. I was, I was, I was moments away from losing my business. A joint venture partner was overtaking my business. I was dying in the hospital. The doctors gave. I mean, I've had some some situations that have been tough on me, and in all of them, I've lived positively, with joy, without fear, folks. I'm telling you this is the truth, and why? Because every time I say, God, <laughs> I'm, I ask you for nothing because of two things. You know I live for your purpose to seek yes. and save the last. I, you know I live for your purpose, and I know you keep your word. And you told me when I live for your purpose, you make everything good, and I'm fine. And then you see him move. Oh, my goodness sakes. It's amazing <laughs> how that works. He, I I, I I, often joke when I'm speaking somewhere saying, you know, I'm 80 years old. <laughs> who knew the scriptures actually work? Yeah. They're true. <laughs> how um, about
0: that? <laughs> I, I'm laugh, laughing with you, Barry McGuire, today here on The Bottom Lines. We're talking about your book, Ignite Your Faith. That sounds like something Steve Brown would have said out of Key Life. I mean, just the whole, hey, who knew you got to be 80 years old that the scripture actually yeah. works? Yeah. Uh, but it but works,
2: different. yeah. It I is, and it's book. it's profound, you know. But it's also basic scripture. It's yeah. just the most yeah. basic truth we already know. Trust the Lord with your whole heart, mm-hmm. and He'll direct your steps. But then, how do you trust Him with your whole heart? You trust Him with your heart by doing what He asks you to do. Just do what He asks you to do, and He'll do it for you. You just show up. He sets the appointments. He gives you the words to say. (laughs) You just walk away laughing, and I walk away and I look up. I see God smiling at me. Yeah, I see Jesus smiling at me. You know, we can give Him joy. We can grieve him, but we can give him joy. When we we pull that off, I feel, gee, I can see Jesus looking at me like, way to go, Barry. (laughs) You allowed me to reach that person through you. Mm -hmm. And when I see him smiling at me, that puts a bounce in my step. God's happy with me. Wow. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that ignites your life. And that's the story of this book. is all scripture with life lessons just, just as perspective to help you understand in perspective how that actually works on a practical basis.
0: Barry McGuire is with me today here on The Bottom Line. The book is called Ignite Your Life. We've got a link for it up at the thebottomlineshow.com. More to come in just a moment as The Bottom Line continues. Ignite Your Life is the brand new book by Barry McGuire, mm-hmm. Defeat Fear with Effortless Faith. We have a link for the book up at the thebottomlineshow.com. Barry, one of the questions that you pose in this book is asking the question you mentioned about the changing environment. You know the the fact that the world is changing, but for us as Christians too, oftentimes we do the same thing over and over again and say, "Well, I must not be called to." presenting the gospel because i never seem to be in a situation where i'm doing that talk about why a change in environment isn't necessarily a bad thing even if it feels a little forced and awkward sometimes
2: no well that salt and light thing it says uh, we should be salt and light salt and light share this one characteristic um they both change their environment light changes its environment salt changes its environment the question is everyone of you listening to me right now, are you changing your environment or is your environment changing you? Mm.
0: Um,
2: An easier question to ask is, is the church changing our environment or is the environment changing our church? And sadly, we have a, that's an easy answer to that question. So um, we could walk around and we let the world beat us down or we could be a light. See, if you're listening to me right now, you can't change the world. I can't change the world. But you can change your world. Mm-hmm. You can change your world. And if we all change our worlds, we'll change the world. So it's it's one person at a time. Almost everybody around you is lost. Almost everybody around you is lost. And almost everybody around you is, is searching for God. It, it's mm. I mean, you walk through life, you walk into the store, you're in a Starbucks, you're in a waiting room. The people beside you are most likely lost. And you have the opportunity to love on them, and that's all you do. Don't don't put them on edge. Don't ask piercing questions. Just mm-hmm. love on them. And when you do that, you'll be amazed. Right? Book will tell you all these stories how people within five minutes they open up and they and they share their deepest needs. I mean, it's crazy. The Holy Spirit's already there working, and they know that you really love them. Stop trying to get their scalp. Just love on them. And when they share their stories with you, then God gives you, gives you scriptures you haven't thought of for years.
3: Mm-hmm. He brings
2: mm-hmm. the remembrance, and he, and he ministers to them through you. And You see their life changing. It's, it's the most amazing thing. And let me just emphasize that by an amazing scripture in Isaiah. It's the only scripture I found that says why we should share our faith.
3: Mm.
2: It says, thus saith the Lord, I, I appoint you as my witness so that you will believe. Mm-hmm. I, if I was God, I'd say so that they will believe. But He didn't no, because He knows if you share your faith, you're going to have intimacy with Him, and that's how you really know God. You're shortchanging your life, pastors. You're 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 cheating your your people by not telling your Your job is to equip the saints for ministry. You should be sending us, and you're not. And when you send us out, we multiply your ministry. <laughs> But you set your flock on fire because every time we do that, there's a blessing that comes back, and all of a sudden we are contagious. We mm. are contagious. People want what we have, mm-hmm. and to walk knowing every everywhere you go, it's a mission. I walk into a, a, a car show. I do it all the time, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I'm I'm so car wax. So in, I mean, I do it, for, <laughs> but it's also a mission field. I look at that that car show. I think 80 of the people here need Jesus. Yep. And and I'm going to seize every opportunity. Folks, do you know that everything you say and do every day from the time you wake up in the morning, the time you go to bed, everything you say and do is moving everyone watching you closer or further away from God. Right. Right. you're, you're, You're already in full time ministry. You can't get away from that. And so you start asking yourself, "How do I do that?" <laughs> <laughs> so, and we lead people away from God so easy. We walk into a restaurant. We're talking about God. We're taking longer than we should at the table. The server hears car our conversation, and we stiff them on a the tip. Do we just move that waiter closer or further away from God? As opposed mm. to, yeah, you banter with the waiter, and just before they they finish the last order, you say, well, "One more question." Uh, we always pray and. We always pray for food. We always ask our server, is there anything we can pray for you about? And mm. we find that most people have needs, and we're happy yes. to include anything that you. And over half the time, they'll tear up. Yeah. And, and you'll hear problems you can't imagine that smiling waiter server on your table has at that moment. And you get to pray for them. Do we move them closer to Jesus? Absolutely. Mm. Uh, it's, it's every time every, somebody just walked out of a restaurant the rest other day, and they they said to me, "I gave that person twenty five dollars, an, an extra twenty dollars when uh, when I left to tell they're doing a good job." I said, "Well." What did that accomplish? Well, that made him feel good. I said, "Yeah, made you feel good too." But you know, you could have told them, "God just prompted me to give you a twenty dollars just to let you know that He knows you and He loves you, and He and He cares for your family." You know, just a thing. You think, what do you think that would do for that person that day? We we're all wanting to be good. Most Christians think being a most evangelicals now think that being good is being Christian. <laughs> mm. But being good has nothing to do with being Christian. Right. If we don't if, if we would connect God with all the good we're doing as Christians, we'd be a Christian country.
0: Yeah. We're doing good things true. but we
2: but we're not connecting God with it. So it's 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 the totality of being all in with him and realizing that we are in full time. We're in full-time ministry, and that makes everything we do. You get a flat tire on the way to an important meeting. Instead of shaking your fist to God, say, God, I guess you have somebody you want me to talk to mm-hmm. here. Here comes the TWA yeah, yeah. guy, and he's got a product. And all of a sudden, you find out that, that meeting was canceled anyway. <laughs> mm. <laughs> I mean, I've got a million yeah. stories in this book, folks. I think you enjoy this book. I, I don't get any money out of it. it. I just 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 want people to know. And and an awful lot of folks that are just like me that don't look like me—it's—it's not—it's not a Barry McGuire thing. This is a scriptural thing. That will, this book will ignite your life, I guarantee you, yeah. it will ignite your life. And it, we just launched it, you know, so it's already in Barnes and Noble. Go to Barnes and Noble; they're starting to run out already, and we want them to order more copies. or So they on com. Amazon.com, uh, but. Um, uh again, I just it's an opportunity to be on your show and talk to your I mean your listeners are solid people that, that this is our demographic. Christians yeah. who love the Lord that know something's missing. Mm-hmm. That what's that extra thing where I can get back and on top of my game and be close to God and not have any fear with all the bad stuff that's going on, knowing that the worse it gets, the darker it gets, the better opportunity I have to share. Mm -hmm. And of course, the closer we are to seeing him face-to-face, so we're running out of time getting our unsaved friends into heaven. We really are. I mean, there's a time issue going on right now as well.
0: There's definitely an urgency, and Barry McGuire will ignite your passion for uh, sharing the good news of the gospel with his new book called Ignite Your Life, Defeat Fear with Effortless Faith. It's up at TheBottomLineShow.com. Barry, it's been an honor to get to spend some time with you, brother. Thank (laughs) you for your work, your ministry, and for being with us today here on The Bottom Line.
2: (laughs) You're awesome. Keep up the great work. God bless.
0: What a great t- conversation, and uh, so nice to have uh, k Bright listener Barry McGuire with us today here on The Bottom Line. Of course, if you've ever used any of the products that McGuire's has made for your car, uh, you know that uh, they do quality work, and the fact that Barry's been a believer for such a long time and now is writing this book at, in his ninth decade 80 years old um, <laughs> It's great the book is called ignite your life defeat fear with effortless faith there's a link for the book up at the bottomline not 1 not 2 but 3 copies of this book to give away today Very very generous in sharing these with us 800 227 5278 800 227 5278 800 227 5278 that's the number to get you through to the bottom line you know it's interesting because oftentimes I think about people who have a very vibrant faith like Barry does. And you and I both know that it's the people who are accepting Christ and right in that minute, what we might even call the honeymoon period, they have that uh, ignition, if you will, and they want to tell the world about what happened and it's so wonderful. And oftentimes it's just pure enthusiasm and sometimes God will use those people, but he really does want us to be mature in faith. On the other side of this break, I want to talk about a parallel that Barry has in his professional life, and his personal life that I have noticed and I've always appreciated. And I'll talk about that. By the way, we still got three copies of Barry McGuire's book, Ignite Your Life, Defeat Fear with Effortless Faith, uh, up at thebottomlineshow.com. We're giving away these three copies between now and the top of the hour. So get in on the drawing. 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278, the number to get you through to the bottom line.
3: Life insurance will never replace the person you love, but that money can help you get through life when it feels impossible. When your life insurance claim is denied while well, you're already dealing with so much, you need someone on your side. Stephanie Cover of Cover Law used to work for the insurance companies. She challenges and understands the way insurance companies think. Hire Stephanie to file a life insurance appeal while everything is still fresh in your mind. Don't let the insurance company get away with greedy behavior while you're in mourning. Stephanie Cover will do everything in her power to get you the financial protection which was promised to you as a beneficiary of the policy. The money from the life insurance proceeds can supplement your income so you can support yourself throughout the process of bereavement. Save Stephanie's number or call her now at 877-214-4935. That's 877-214-4935. Or you can fill out a contact form at kbrightradio.com slash Stephanie over She knows the other side. My
0: thanks again to Barry McGuire, the author of the brand new book called Ignite Your Life, Defeat Fear with Effortless Faith. There's a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com, and we have three copies of this book to give away. You have an excellent chance of winning. 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278, the number to get you through to the bottom line. You know, I mentioned before the break that it's the new Christians, the newbies, if you will, who usually are the most on fire for the Lord. Barry's eighty years old. Okay, so he's he's been for seventy, but he's he's up there in age, and this is a guy who's been a Christian for fifty-five plus years. Why is it that he has this enthusiasm, and many people who've been walking that long with the Lord don't? Well, think about this. The last name McGuire. I don't want to take for granted that you know that Barry McGuire is the third-generation president of Meguiar's car wax. Now, I remember being a young man and having an old Toyota. uh, The paint got oxidized and it was all, you know, it was something, it was neglect on my part. It wasn't a great paint job and I just washed the car. I never waxed it or, you know, cleaned the oxidized paint off. And I remember a friend of mine telling me, you got to get some Meguiar's. This is the best stuff. And I looked at the cost and went, holy moly. I mean, (laughs) It was way more than turtle wax or whatever I was looking for. I didn't understand why anybody would use it. So he bought me some, and I tried it on my car, and I understood why. And it wasn't a ton more, but it was more expensive, but it was the better product. As a matter of fact, McGuire's Car Wax is the top-selling car wax in the United States and in every country where they sell it. Barry has, uh, he was a TV host for nearly 20 years. You might have seen the show Car Crazy on Discovery Channel Networks. Um, he is also the founder and president of Ignite America, and they have a weekly podcast. They've got a daily short feature. It's heard on over 900 Christian radio stations nationwide. He is a lay ministry leader in the Assemblies of God network. He was the layman of the year a few years ago. He's got a, a, received the Billy Graham Award at National Religious Broadcasters. But here's the thing about Barry that I love. When you think about what McGuire's Car Wax does, it doesn't just shine up bad paint. The car wax that you use on it will either protect your brand new paint, keep it shining, or it will. they've got products that will kind of clean up older paint and give it that new car luster. And in the same way that we, as we've been walking with the Lord, might get a little beaten down and worn out you know, by our faith. A guy like Barry McGuire comes along and says, look, this is what we do for cars in my professional life, but this is what we do for souls in my spiritual life. God brings the means to get you cleaned up inside as well as out. You wonder why people who've been walking with the Lord for a long time might be in their 80s, even 90s, and they still have that youthful glow about them. I think of my friend Court Braden, who's 91, still hits the shopping malls of Southern California on a regular basis to share the gospel. People at the food court you wonder why we have that glow? Well, we don't have a, an artificial wax like a McGuire's car wax to shine us up. We have the Holy Spirit radiating in and through us. And as I heard a great message from Pastor Chris Smith at Eastgate Fellowship over the weekend, talking about the fact that it's only when you're empty that the Holy Spirit can fill you. And it's only when you are full of the Holy Spirit that he can spill over out of your life into the lives of others. So literally, Paul writes in Ephesians 5, be filled with the Spirit. That's good news. And that's the bottom line. For our KCBC audience, enjoy the rest of your day. And Rabbi Schneider, Discovering the Jewish Jesus, coming up next, for those who remain on the network, our monthly visit with Greg Harris, the president and CEO of Through the Bible, coming up next as The Bottom Line continues. From the studios of KBRT in Southern California, the flagship affiliate for The Bottom Line show, I'm Roger Marsh, host of The Bottom Line, joined for our monthly conversation by Greg Harris, the president and CEO of Through the Bible, ttb.org. Greg Harris, welcome back to the Bottom Line Show.
4: Great to be with you, Roger. Thanks and for having and,
0: me. Well, and for everyone who's watching on myhopenow.com as well, we get now we have Greg's uh, handsome face right up there as well from his uh, very high-tech <laughs> Sorry studio. Sorry about that. Well, both of us have our high-tech uh, home studio <laughs> yeah, yeah. working today, but that's okay because it's the, the, one of the things I appreciate about these gatherings is that we can have a really huge impact on a lot of different platforms using yeah. relatively basic technology today. Yeah. And that is where through the Bible is as well. Now, in what year are we in? I mean, I, I know where we are cycle wise in terms of the five year right. teaching, but what year is the ministry through the Bible? Well, in
4: 1967. So we just completed 55 years. Wow. That's yeah. incredible. And at, when earlier in an earlier month, we talked about last month, we talked about uh, that we're in our, our, uh, 11th five-year cycle we're not done yet we got a couple more years and so as we've talked about in the past in 1967 dr mcgee did a two and a half year version of through the bible so the five year started in 1970 which means uh basically by about 2025 we will have co- finished 55 years of the of the broadcast in Incredible. its current form amazing a, yeah
0: it really is amazing and it's, it's such a simple concept and i, I i've spent a lot of time in my later years uh, designated the difference between simple and easy because yes. uh, you know yes. when you get right down yep. you know very well how yep. sometimes things just happen but the simple the simplicity of the ministry through the Bible is it's really it, it's really very spot-on and yet I realized that every year just as we are gaining new listeners the bottom line show every mm-hmm. week and every month the, uh, through the Bible and uh, more people are getting on the Bible bus I guess yes. is what I was trying to say and I I, I think it's it's helpful for people who join in to know i mean where you guys are coming from where your heart is yeah i know i've known you for half my life it seems and uh, it's ministry wise and i know it pretty much by heart but for those who might be new to the ministry or people who are you know new to the bottom line show and haven't heard one of these conversations before share with us if you would Craig, what that philosophy of ministry looks like
4: yeah and i i want before we even get into the specifics i want to say roger that um, I know your heart and I'm grateful for you inviting me to, to have these conversations. Our heart is to help you and encourage you. We're not trying to promote something and, and uh, you know, get, get people, ex- what we want people to get, well, I'm sorry, we are promoting the word of God yeah. and we're promoting prayer and we're promoting pure Ministry. That's the goal of this. This is not to to brag and say, look how great we are. Or maybe that's the first the first uh principle that Steve Schwetz, who's the host of, of Through the Bible, who has been for what 30, 30 plus years, and also is the chairman of our board, yeah. we often say to our listeners, uh, we're just not that smart. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh let's start with that. I, and I think um, you know, when you when you want to get involved in ministry, uh if it's God's ministry, it's not about you and it's not about me it's about god working through us but the, our our initial posture has to be one of of humility to say we're not that smart we don't know what we're supposed to do okay some of the things i'm about to say some of your our listeners are listeners not just yours we're we're together in this right roger amen um amen. i want you to share the blame uh some of our <laughs> listeners are going to say this, this sounds really contradictory, Greg, or it sounds, it sounds like you don't know what you're doing. Hmm. Well, in a way we don't, but, but I hope you'll give us a hearing and, and understand. And one of the core things is we have no strategic plan that we have cooked up. Okay. What, what we started with was a simple, like you said, a simple principle, which is let's give out the word of God and teach it simply from cover to cover and cover every passage of the Bible. Sometimes people say it's verse by verse. At at times it's verse by verse, and other times it's passage by passage. But the goal of Through the Bible is to get people pointed to the whole Word of God. And so in a sense, that's the strategic framework. But one of the things we've learned is that our human agendas can often actually get in the way of what god wants to do and so if you're like maybe uh maybe we have some pastors listening church leaders maybe you lead a small group or you have a ministry i just want to encourage you that if you start by going to the lord and saying lord this is your ministry you show us what to do and you know what he'll do that you know you know the reason i have a stack of papers to share those Mm -hmm. of you are seeing this is my short stack like i said this is yeah is the tip of the iceberg that i bring <laughs> into the studio and, we, and then we only get to the tip of the tip Um, the reason we have so much response is because i believe god is directing the ministry and we're not yeah and i think we've those of us that have been around the ministry world long enough have seen lots of great human effort being put out and then we're really disappointed in the results and uh, you know sometimes god calls his servants to do things that maybe don't bear a lot of fruit like isaiah read the book of isaiah god says hey here's your calling you're going to go preach to these people and they're not going to respond but other times when you serve the lord and we find with his word if you focus on his word and we'll talk about that too god uh, brings a lot of fruit Hmm. and uh, the obedience is the most important thing you know, yeah. I mean,
0: the, the fruitfulness yeah. is, and I love the, the fruitfulness because it doesn't come quantifiable. It says be right. fruitful. And so right. if it's fruitful in God's economy, then mission accomplished. And, and I love that, that kind of upside down approach to it. You know, we're, we're basically, we're, it's very simple. It's very basic. And we're not trying to do a lot of things that a lot of nonprofit organizations try to do to try to stay afloat. You know, it really right. is a question of saying, first and foremost, job one is whole word, to the whole world. And then we just kind of let it spill over from there and see where yes. it goes and follow where God's leading. It's like, I had Jerry Jenkins on the program the other day, and we were talking about his writing style. He said he calls himself a pantser, as in "see to your pants. And uh, he said, <laughs> you know, a lot of guys, they know what the end of the yeah. story is. Yeah. This, that. And the other thing, by the time he gets to the end of the story, if one of the main characters has died or something like that, and people say, why did you kill him off? He said, I didn't kill him. I just found him dead. <laughs> you know i mean i follow the story to so its natural conclusion but that kind of mentality yeah. in ministry yeah. i think sometimes it can be dangerous but at the same time for yeah. the bible look at the benefits oh my goodness i mean the hundreds of language languages that the, the mm-hmm. millions of people whose lives have been impacted the, the the money that comes to support it without any sort of organized fundraising i mean yeah. if somewhere were to like in an mba class greg and i know you have advanced uh, you know training in this uh where to, to look at the
4: through the bible business model they'd say right. You guys are nuts. How yes. are you still in business? Yes, I mean, but but here you are. Yes, exactly. And now I I think it's very important to clarify something because when I say we have no strategic plan, it doesn't mean we don't plan. Right. Let me it, it's about the order of the plan and and where it fits in the process. So, in other words, it starts with lord, this is your ministry, our hands are open. We we are uh, trusting you. We have a basic idea that you've directed us to do which is to to get this bible teaching out there um but then as god opens new doors um and one thing i spend a lot of time doing is moving around literally the world and uh building relationships friendships like like i have with you and and many of the leaders at crawford uh, broadcasting you know we we always regard yeah. our our, uh, our meal at the National Religious Broadcasters Convention is one of our most favorite, and that's bad English, but it is one of our most favorite times. We love you, we have, we have relationship. And out of those relationships, the Holy Spirit uh, brings ideas. And then the Holy Spirit confirms ideas. And and then once you know, oh, okay, now we know what God wants us to do. That's when all the planning and the executive ability kicks in. So I don't want people to hear that, you know, I just sit in my office and drink coffee and say, oh, you know, you know, I'm going (laughs) to they should pay me for just sitting here and watching God do things. There's an old joke you may have heard about a, a pastor visiting a farmer and he's looking at the beautiful manicured fields and. And and the the pastor's feeling very expansive as he looks at the beauty of creation. And he says to the farmer, uh, boy, isn't God's creation beautiful? And the farmer says, well, yeah, but you should have seen it when he had it all to himself. Um, (laughs) (laughs) In other words, you know, scripture is clear. We are expected to uh, plant and sow and have discipline, but it always flows after God has shown you what to do.
0: Yeah. Greg Harris is the president and CEO through the Bible ttb.org we're having our monthly check-in with our friends that through the bible outstanding ministry the bible teaching of dr j vernon mcgee which continues on now 55 years and still running and if you have benefited from this ministry i heartily recommend you reach out to them and let them know how much this ministry is meant to you and also provide support as God leads you. We're going to take a quick break and we'll continue with more of this conversation on the philosophy of ministry at Through the Bible. Fascinating discussion with Greg Harris continues on the other side of this break. As the bottom line continues. 833 850 baby is the number to call 833 850 2229 or go to kbrightradio.com that's k b r i t e radio.com click on the banner for preborn and make your best donation right now $25 $50 $100 it all counts towards saving babies lives kbrightradio.com hit the preborn banner right now continuing conversation today here on the bottom line show with Greg Harris the president and ceo of through the bible ttb.org and craig you know i've made it all the way through this is now the second recording that we've done in the past couple of months where i haven't referred to ttb as the through the bible radio network you've done well you've it took done me well. a long time <laughs> a long time to kind of wean by because remember i mean i i was the board off at kprz in san diego back in 1993 i remember when steve started when steve yep. Sweat started yep. I mean, one day yep. all of a sudden steve was there and i don't remember if the man the name of the band he replaced bob, Smith. bob was and bob was you could tell bob was getting ready to you know retire yeah. yeah. um and and i heard steve and the first thing i thought i gotta pray for this guy because everybody's gonna go wait what happened to bob oh you yeah I mean? I mean talk about one of the most recognizable voices in radio yeah. that you have to replace
4: him here we are 30 years later and steve's chairman of the board so i guess i i think it worked out well for him it did although i honestly he got hate mail in the beginning bob smith died that's mm-hmm. that's the story is, is steve schwetz was about to move uh to take he was in uh sales he was in medical uh equipment sales he was very successful he was about to take a job up in the San Francisco Bay area he said he had a for sale sign in his uh in his yard and somebody at the church of the open door uh heard his voice and said you know our announcer has cancer and we think right. he's going to be gone soon and we we need will you come in and read and he read on a friday and they on Monday, they said you're our you're our new host. Wow! And and Steve said he he pulled the for sale sign out of his heart, and he decided to stay and commit to the ministry, and and he has been greatly blessed, and he's yeah. blessed many people. Well, we're talking
0: about yeah. philosophy of ministry with yep. uh, Greg Harris, the president of, uh, through the Bible, and and having a conversation, giving our listeners kind of a behind the scenes look at how this uh, kind of uh, uh, organized spontaneity type of work yes. organization works, if that makes any sense. Uh, yep. Because let's face it, apps just don't happen. Uh, translations mm-hmm. don't just happen. So obviously right. somebody has to mow the lawn. Uh, yep. but, but but as you move forward, I mean, you've been at the helm now for a, a decade or so, mm-hmm. um, involved in leadership. How, how have things changed for, through the Bible? Has the philosophy changed? Is it just the technology is different? How
4: do you describe it? the philosophy is unchanged if anything i think it's even more uh, cemented uh, you know in we have proven in a world including a global pandemic we have proven that this method that we just talked about in the last segment and if you didn't hear it i encourage you to to go and listen to that segment or check it out on my hope now uh, because we're we're trying to talk to you about how do you do ministry. Every one of us as Christians should be involved in ministry, and yes. it all starts with well the story we just told about Steve Schwetz. He was willing to to change his career plans because God showed him he wasn't planning. He had no grand design to be uh, one of the most recognized voices in Christian radio, by the way, he also had a very uh, profitable career in uh, secular voiceover work, which led him into some new business opportunities. And, you know, he's never taken a penny from through the Bible Mm. because, Mm -hmm. and, and God has blessed him. And, and none of that, if Steve were with us today, he would say, I didn't plan any of it. And I'll tell you, Steve Schwartz is one of the smartest people I've ever worked with. And he's, he's a brilliant businessman, but he didn't have a grand plan. So we talk about that also, and you referred to it in the last segment. We don't do anything that looks like traditional fundraising. And this is a very important I, to me, the principle biblically, it's a it's a lot like in First Kings 19, I believe it is when Elijah has the grand showdown with the prophets of Baal, mm-hmm. and he says, you know, pour water. Barrels and barrels of water all over the altar. In other words, make it impossible for this to be humanly uh, workable. And, and that is really through the Bible. We do everything <laughs> wrong, Roger, from a human yeah. standpoint. Or as as my buddy Steve Schwetz likes to say, you put a bunch of smart people in a room, this is not the ministry that you come up with. So what do we have? <laughs> we, have uh, we have 40-year-old messages that we're airing uh, today and that are still really popular. We have a speaker who's been gone almost uh, more than three decades with the, he's with the Lord. So we have a dead speaker. He has a terrible voice for radio, right? He would never get, (laughs) and he would say that Dr. McGee, you know, he would get letters from people that would say, I I just listened to you to mock you because you sound like a, you know, a hick, you sound like a hayseed. And then they'd listen to what he was saying and they get saved and they'd, you know, praise the Lord for, For his voice um we don't do any fundraising as i said um more than half of our budget if you send a dollar to through the bible more than 50 cents will be invested in our global ministry none of these things are models that that should work but god has so designed through the bible that he gets the glory. And that's why the first thing I said when we talked about our posture before God is we're just not that smart, okay? And let me just challenge people. If you think you're really smart, there was a young, when I was younger, I thought I was pretty smart, Roger. But Mm -hmm. the older I get, the dumber I feel. (laughs) Do you, do you, do you experience that? I, I find that the wisdom comes in different ways. Yes, that's the way yeah, I like to describe yeah. it. You, because the
0: older we get, the more we realize how much we didn't know before when we thought we knew yes. it all, but then you get a chance to also at the same time, see God working. And mm. uh, we've seen it with this radio program. We've seen it with your radio program, with Crawford Broadcasting and with uh, uh, the ministry of Dr. J. Vernon McGee and have these monthly conversations here on the bottom line show featuring greg harris the president and ceo of through the bible and ttb.org are just kind of a testament to where sometimes greg and i just sit here and go wow i mean it's yeah wow when you last month when you mentioned you were over 200 languages now i'm like oh my gosh wow i mean that's yeah. you know i remember what it was 120 remember it was 130 but yeah. Yeah, as it's been growing and as our conversations have been happening so there, there's this kind of organized chaos you know that mm-hmm. that, that runs rampant here and yet the strategic partnerships that you have as well i mean there's lots of different ways your philosophy of ministry leads you to be more effective and more fruitful talk about some of the more unorthodox ways that people might not expect through the bible to have relationship with
4: yeah yeah it's uh you i like that organized cast it's also uh ministry by wandering around and and what we mean by that of course you know jesus the 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 Greek word often is peripateo, which just means to walk around. You know, Jesus walked around, and that again does not in any way disrespect our Lord. It it you it, you move around and you build relationships, and and God works in the context of relationships. That's another key value of through the Bible. We put a lot of premium on our relationships like mm. like you and me mm. this is not just a transactional relationship we develop friendship we talk together we share we care about each other uh you even invited me to your wedding and i, yes. I unfortunately i couldn't make it but i was you so some sad.
0: family thing you know yeah you i to know be, be you and your it, yeah it was just to be that. with
4: my whole family for the last time before my parents yeah. passed away okay. that's how well, important though it was well, for me
0: I was going to say, well, if I had a dollar for every time I heard that excuse, no, that's, <laughs> that's I totally right. understand. And I'm glad you and Lisa got to meet anyway before yes. the wedding. And that, that was, but that's part of the issue. I mean, we yeah. we have fellowship together. I, I, people right. don't, people don't realize. I mean, that the, when we do have these these dialogues. I mean, uh, they would like to think, you know, I hope they're all getting along. But Greg yeah. and I really are friends first, brothers in Christ. And then you know, we have these organizations that we work with. And then God blesses them immensely and it's usually greg coming in with a heavy load of look at all the great things god is doing and i just sit here and go wow you know and get my (laughs) pom-poms out but but i think but i it is it's an interesting philosophy of ministry but it's very rewarding isn't it very satisfying it's
4: it's it's very freeing and that's the if there's one thing i i would say to everyone who's hearing our voices um You know, Jesus said the truth will set you free. And Galatians, Paul wrote, "It is for freedom that Christ set us free." We've been set free, Roger. We are free to serve. And no, I I, look, I have tough days, but don't get me wrong. It, it, you know, leading a multi-million-dollar transnational organization with a lot of people, a lot of relationships, things are not always perfect but there is a freedom to realizing it's not my ministry right. you know i had i used to go to a church where the pastor had he would keep his notes in one of those three ring binders that we used to have in school and <laughs> yeah. i'll never forget the impression it made on me i walked past the podium after a service and it in big letters it said on the front it's not your church mm. okay and Love i think it. all of us who are ministry leaders need to remember this is not ours we are stewards and we have the freedom to say okay lord i will i will obey you i will be faithful to you and you're responsible to provide the the resources and the opportunities and the ideas and and the results on the back end i love
0: that that's a powerful story and uh, we, we were very mindful of the fact that the ministry through the bible continues to thrive and to bear much fruit because of the fact that everyone understands that corporately. It's not their ministry. It's God's ministry. Greg Harris, the president and CEO of Through the Bible, with me today here on The Bottom Line for our monthly check-in, ttb.org. We'll take a quick break, and when we come back, uh, some final thoughts to share about what's happening in the ministry of Through the Bible. My conversation with Greg Harris continues in just a moment.
1: This is an exciting time. We just finished our first movie. We had a great turnout from KBRT, and we want you to know that you're invited to the second one. Those of you who missed it, because we know there's quite a few who would like to have come, it's going to be on February the 25th. It's going to be at the Gem Theater. They're going to have free popcorn, free sodas, and free hot dogs. It's a fun location. It's a fun place to go and take you back in time. But really what it does is it's even more fun to get the information because the information that you get can really be vital to where you are now or where you're going to be in five years from now. And so when do you start thinking about retirement? Well, you better start thinking about it now. And and so this will get you ahead of the ball, get you ahead of the curve. We can't emphasize enough that it is really a, for lack of a better word, it's a non-denominational movie. It's just there to give you the facts and let you disseminate how and what you're going to do with your future.
0: Call 800-696-9970. That's 800-696-9970. Or fill out the contact form at kbrightradio.com slash Wilson Financial for simply better alternatives. Welcome back to the special edition of The Bottom Line. I'm Roger Marsh, our monthly check-in with Greg Harris, the president and CEO of Through the Bible. TTB.org is where you find them online. Greg, I know that I have been a part of the World Prayer Team uh, for years now, and I've loved the updates. It's so encouraging to see. It's so easy to be a part of that. Prayer plays a huge role in the ministry of Through the Bible, doesn't it?
4: It does. And if somebody said, you know, what is the secret of Through the Bible? I'd say it's just a couple of words. It's the word of God, the whole word. It's uh, the the whole world. It's a mission that, that I believe is close to God's heart, and it is all rooted in prayer. That's why we don't have to do fundraising. I I had a story that I was at another ministry, and and again, I'm not I'm not pouring contempt or condemnation on ministries that do fundraising and send appeal letters. I'm just saying. It's a challenge to this story will tell tell what I'm trying to say. I was working in another ministry and our director of development got a call from uh, one of our supporters and she said, you just you ask a lot for money. And I was wrestling with this. Uh, so this is not something that I'm perfect at. And my director of development said, Well, we have to ask. And the woman said, Ask who? And Roger, that just cut me to the core because I realized, you know, what we need is we ask people to pray and ask God to send the resources and, and he does.
0: And I love, it's very simple. I mean, we talked about that? That's kind of the, the ministry mantra of through the Bible is uh, God's most effective ministry is very simple and uh, very easy to understand. It's just a question of us. Uh, actually putting feet to the uh to the well putting legs to the faith as it were and making all that happen speaking of prayer greg we got about a minute left would you close us in prayer this time
4: yes heavenly father um we just thank you that we get this time to talk together roger and i and with all of the friends that are listening to us we get to talk about things that are things that are yours not ours we are your servants we are your children You have brought us into your family. You brought us into the family business, so to speak, and you've brought us into the vineyard. And I pray for everyone hearing our voices that they would get a a fresh vision of of what a joy it is to serve you and how much freedom there is. And, and, And just to release the worry and the stress that often goes with particularly leadership of ministry. I pray, Lord, that your spirit would set us free to be good witnesses for you and to bring glory to the name of our Lord Jesus Christ in whose name we pray. Amen.
0: Amen. And amen. Greg Harris, the president and CEO through the Bible ttb.org or 865 by, if you want to reach out using the telephone, see all these different modes of uh, connection point that we have here. Uh, if you're listening to the podcast at Apple podcast or stitcher tune in or uh, the bottomlineshow.com, If you're watching us on my hope now, please drop us a note and uh, give us a big rating, but also take a look through the Bible half-offer. Greg, always a pleasure to spend time with you. Until next month, thanks for being with us here on The Bottom Line. Thank you, Roger. My thanks again to Greg Harris, the president and CEO of Through the Bible, ttb.org, and I encourage you to go online and support the ministry of Dr. J. Vernon McGee. Heard every weekday morning, 8.30 and 12.30, right here on Kbright in Southern California, and you can check our local listings. I'm pretty sure J. Vernon McGee and Through the Bible on every station of the Crawford Media Group uh, roundtable there each and every day. You know, it's interesting. Tomorrow is Ash Wednesday, and I want to give you a little precursor of what we're going to be, kind of a foretaste of the feast to come on tomorrow's program. I'm going to be reflecting on Ash Wednesday, looking at the Asbury revival that's now spread to Baylor and other college campuses, but also want to take at it through the lens of how do we have revival in our hearts and share the good news of the gospel. I want you to be praying about how you can support Preborn. Tomorrow we got a special opportunity for you to help us raise 40 uh, raise funding for saving 40 preborn lives in honor of the 40 Day for life campaign that kicks off tomorrow. Be thinking about how you can make that $28 donation to Preborn and save a baby's life today. Share the good news. That's the bottom line.